Welcome into the Off the Rails Friday edition of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Leaf talk for the next hour. I'm Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick. Wherever you're watching or listening, Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6. Thanks for coming along for the ride. Yeah, text us at 590-590. We're going to read some questions on the air today. Take them. That way we don't have to plan the content. <laughs> no, no, no. No, just be honest. Just so we don't have to talk as much. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll do some of your words, not ours for today. That would be great. Hey, shortened week coming off 10 days for the holidays. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for that. It, By the way, calendar it, needed it. It yeah. did. It did. Did feel like we jammed in a lot in these four days, including yeah. you know a lot of talk about Willie Nylander and his situation. But there was a lot that was happening uh, right off the bat, including the Ryan Hartman situation yeah. uh, that led to a very interesting conversation on uh, our Wednesday night panel here at Sportsnet, and uh, that that story won't go away. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more in news and notes. Uh, in the next two hours, but uh, been a lot jammed pack. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's been good. This is a interesting time of year where you know, for the Leafs, you're figuring out what they are tonight, or sorry, not tonight, tomorrow night. They go into San Jose, a team who is in their last ten games. Do you happen to know their their record? The last ten games, the Sharks. I hate to put you on the better, spot here, but better, no, mm. worse, yeah. worse. It's zero, ten, and zero. <laughs> okay i don't know why i was under the impression that they well, were they got, okay like, they got like sneaky hot there. Yeah. yeah they had a moment like, where yeah. they were winning some okay, games that's yeah, right Before the holidays, yes so they were winning some games but they are not right now 40 uh outscored Who's, 43 and fi- to 15 in that stretch somebody uh the other day just snuck by them by a goal didn't they lose 2-1 Sounds yeah, possible. Yeah, no, no, no. Sounds possible. So that's why I think they're doing really well. Because they're, they're, they're losing by respectable <laughs> scores now. So, yeah, Tomash Hurdle is their uh, all-star. So this the table is set for the Leafs here. They get the Leafs or the Sharks in San Jose on Saturday. Then they play the Sharks at home. I believe it's Tuesday it night is. next week. Tuesday, yep. Nick Robertson is not going so, to play again, Kipper. Okay, so... Um, is it crazy? Just let me say this. Is it crazy that I feel like this is way more of a test than, like, actual good teams, the Leafs? No. Based on what they've done against teams like this, Because they played their best game in maybe two years against the Kings. In the second half of back-to-back, they squeaked by the Ducks. They played better, obviously. They killed them. They just couldn't get a goal. But going into this back-to-back... Can I, they, I, I saw Terry Koshan being, being like, well, if they play like they did, it's two wins. It's like, well, can they cruise that way? Can they cruise one in? Yeah. Is the question I'm Yeah, like asking. we need a night. We talked on, you know, on yesterday about McDavid's last four or five games. And uh, we are going to be joined by Oilers head, co- head coach Chris Knobloch in the second hour of the show today, by the way. But we talked about McDavid in his last five games. Two of the games, he played 16 minutes. Yeah. They won 5 nothing in San Jose, and they didn't really have to use him. And then um, I forget what the other game was, but he had a lot of points, and they just 16 minutes. Yeah. Can they do that one night? Okay, you mentioned Nick Robertson. We'll have a conversation on Nick. Uh, but uh, let, let's start, JB, uh, our, our Leaf edition here with your article today, uh, sportsnet.ca, because it's an intriguing one for me uh, because there's a sense right now that Sheldon Keefe, head coach of the Leafs, has made a a strategic uh, 
call mm-hmm. on accountability. And of course, it really was very well noticed and documented with David Camp, uh, the other game. Yeah. But uh, your article on sportsnet.ca is Sheldon Keefe's quest for accountability, and uh, it comes with high stakes. Mm-hmm. So going into California, there's 17 and 10, I believe, or right around there. And again, the, the, the call for accountability. Mm-hmm. I mean, 17 and 10 is a decent record, but when you look at the start of training camp to where they were going into California, there was still a sense that something's not right with the team or the, yeah, the it was incons- a rough stretch there. Inconsistency, rush, uh, rough stretch. And it's almost as if, I don't know, Sheldon himself discovered it or someone went to Sheldon and said, not enough accountability. Mm-hmm. Did you get that sense that this was just, like, where did it, where, where, where did it stem? Where did it come yeah. from for a team that looks comfortably, you know, on their way to another playoff berth? I mean, as for me, Kip, I wonder if it's not some just internal investigation into the question, why are we so bad against bad teams? What is happening that we have our best players just kind of, you know, in these games where Boston goes and just handles their business against the worst teams in the league, where are we in those games? And I think you just look at your team and say, what's happening? And it's almost like, you ask so much of the star players for so much of the season, you know, no matter who you're playing, it feels like, you know, with these Columbus games, they're trying to come back from behind and they end up playing 25 minutes. And you ask so much of these guys all the time. And it's like, why can't they just come out and do that and handle their business? And when they don't, why don't they get sat down? Why don't they get demoted to the third line? Why isn't there any of that? And, and it's because there's no accountability, accountability, no demotions or benchings or whatever that these guys know they can go out see how it goes and if it doesn't go well they're still going to get the time at the end of the game to chase to be on the power play to be on the man advantage when you pull the goalie and this to me is maybe an effort to fix that to say we need some accountability in this team somewhere you want to go before i jump in well i would say that after the camp benching the next game was the king's game right is that correct correct yeah i think they played harder in that game that was their best game of the year I think I think they haven't. Not even was it their best game. It's just the manner with they played. Yeah. In terms of physicality, and even the Anaheim game was yes, a, a great just effort. Playing hard. Yeah. And I guess like if you want to say that this mini little you know whatever whack worked for the first two games and maybe it can continue. Maybe this accountability thing did work. But just for me, the timing of seeing Camp getting benched and them having two of their better performances of the year right away, it may have actually gotten through to them. Yeah. Kipper? I said in the article that they, <laughs> I said in the article that they Listen. either seem to be unfazed by it or bought into it. Go ahead. I get everything you're saying. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you know, hey, don't spare my feelings. Just what? No, go no. ahead. I'm just now looking at Sheldon, and Sheldon's one of the longest tenured coaches in the league right mm-hmm. now. Right? Mm-hmm. Crazy like he, as that is. What year are we in for Sheldon? Four, five, five. The, the during the pandemic season, you got like right before the the pause, was it, or was it the year before that? Uh, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Do we host the league? Nineteen? No, someone should. Two thousand nineteen. <laughs> Sheldon yeah. Keefe has been the coach there since here. I should say. 
This is much harder to find the answer. Uh, yes, 2019, November of 2019. 2019. It's 2024 now, now. are you guys in agreement with me that since he's been the coach that up until this week, this is the most we've ever heard since he's taken over the word accountability? No argument there. Yes. Correct. Okay. So, hey, Sheldon, what took you so long? And well, I think there's a pretty clear right? difference, but this year than past years. Listen, when you when you're a head coach, like you want to set the table early when you're on a team, not in year four or five. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great, but like now, yeah. So my question to you guys is. Is it better late than ever? Did you just say that moments ago? No, it's in your head. Okay, then that's me. (laughs) Yeah. Better late than ever or, oh, my gosh, maybe a little too late or or what? Yeah, it's an old old proverb that the best time. This this is when he should have done this right away. Yeah, it's like, what is it about planting a tree? The best time to plant a tree was yesterday. The next best time is today. You know, it's like if you haven't done it already, it doesn't mean like you should got to do it at some well, point. If you're going to dig in, I, you got to start. I can't help but, you know, I don't really love to bring this up, but I can't help but look at the two different general managers, right? And we talked about this a ton in the offseason. It was a very, very popular talking point about what Sheldon Keefe would be like under a different general manager and what he would be like without Kyle Dubas around. Okay. Are we seeing that? Like the tree went to him and uh, said, uh, Sheldon, where's the accountability? Up until a week ago, not much difference. But it's been a few, two months, three months. We're talking October, November, December. Uh, still, tree, let me assess yes. what we got. We're 30 games in and go to him. Okay, okay. I've seen enough. That's fair. Can we have a little bit more? Uh, yeah. They're still early that in the is relationship. Fair. Yeah. That is fair. Do you think Do you think Brad got to him? I think it's a fair point. I think, I think it's a fair point, yeah. I totally agree with you in terms of Brad really needing – a few months to absorb yeah. and see. And I don't know, did Brad in the last little while go, hey, Sheldon, we got to have a little talk here. We got to start using this word a lot more. Yeah. Uh, you know, interesting enough, we talked yesterday on the show about uh, Max Domi's ice time yesterday uh, or against Anaheim. Nine minutes. Yeah, nine minutes. And then, you know, we were kind of going, you know, what's going on with this? I went back and watched, and, you know, we all did today, the the Anaheim goal where Domi is actually his guy, and he flies the zone looking for an offensive chance. He ends up, his guy goes back in a two-on-one, sets up Vetrano, and they score. He doesn't play a lot after that. I think he played four minutes, or sorry, three and change after that. You know, again, it, it seems like a push for accountability. But again, and this is what my article was on, it's one of the Team B guys. See I don't know if Camp I, is. I, I love no, Domi. You I, I, love Camp is? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Camp you know, is part of Team B though. And he's here for four years. Well, and that's what I said. Who's that? Camp. He's not part of Team B. No, buddy. Listen, there's only four guys. <laughs> Five. Riley's in there. We'll throw Riley, but there's only four forwards on Team A. Okay. Everybody that's how else I it too. That is, the- is Team B. I think guys that are here for multiple seasons are sort of part of Team A. They definitely feel more. I like Young Croc too. I, yeah, he's here for Mid. multiple seasons. Still team B. They're still the you know yeah. to me the the guys that are here to help the others. You know, yeah. like they're yeah. not a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> there you go. I get what you're saying. So my article was: 
How, which, I, which I loved, by the way. Thank you. How do you find accountability for yes. Team A? And this is my point. And does it matter? When, when, when Team A hasn't been held to the fire for four or five years. In their career. Can, outside. can, can Sheldon do it now? Or right. to your point in your article, are they excluded still? Way harder to establish it once they've already gotten used to being free-range chickens running around the farm. To say now so you live in a pen. With, with, you know, this is a weird example. <laughs> Metaphor, whatever. With your example <laughs> of, of what was... Was the shorthanded goal where Max is blowing the zone a a big part of why he only played nine minutes? Because if we went back in those four or five years, I think I can find you a few examples where Willie Nylander blew the that zone. That game, I could give you examples. Uh, yeah, but all he day get, long. He used to get benched. He used to be the only guy that he did would. To, yeah, he, he was eligible to be benched. But now he's just too good. But... I think that these sort of discipline things are still in connection with what their expectations are. Like, Willie's allowed to do certain things that other people aren't because his chances of finishing any chance are so hey, much higher forever. than anyone else. But forever. But for all teams, yes. Forever. Historically, your best guys uh, get a little more. Uh, not with Rick Tockett, uh, you know, and, and – uh, 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 Lindy and uh, in Jersey with sure. Timo – um, Meyer and but there were some big through, names being uh, jo- uh, Huberto missed periods. Yeah, we've never seen that with the big boys here. We haven't. You're right. We've and seen so a this, shift. this is where the point is: the Shifts. one shift, one time, and it was a mess. <laughs> Could be masked with someone going to the bathroom. But we, sort, ta- we talked about that for a week. Imagine what would happen if it was a well, period. That's probably why they don't yeah, do it. 100. But if you go sort the NHL.com stat category for giveaways. The top guys, historically, it's like Pavel Datsuk. You know, like the best players in the league turn the puck over the most, and they don't get benched for giveaways. David Kampf turns it over once, and he gets benched because it's like, you don't get to try that. You don't get to try to make that play. These guys do a little bit. So it is different. There has to be some sort of difference. Uh, listen, I, I, we know that. Yes. We know that. But, but I, I, so the article is like, can we, I don't know, could, you, could a guy play on the third line? For the third period, once if he's sucking for the night. Listen, if if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go in, go all in, go bigger, go I home. Agree with that. If you really want to send a message, then no, not the third line. You sit the rest of the period. Yeah, I'm not saying uh, it doesn't dress the next game. Right. That's just. Ruby uh, was great on that yesterday yeah. too. He was he like, said the yeah, same he thing. He said, "Don't scratch." Yeah, the guy. you don't need to scratch and embarrass your best players. But there's some nights where it's like. You don't have it. Mm-hmm. You don't have it, and that's okay. But just sit here and watch the rest of the game. I, you know, I'm just – I got a text here, and I don't need to read the full text. It's from Tim and Hamilton. He kind of reminded me. I wouldn't say it's the first time we met, heard accountability because earlier this year, before the Boston Bruins game, Sheldon did directly call out Austin Matthews. Not, like, hard, mm-hmm. but said that we need more from him and said, like, he did a whole thing. And since then – Austin Matthews has been legitimately one of the best players on the planet. So, like, I think there have been other examples in this year where he's had a little bit of accountability, but I think this is the first time where you've actually seen the word pop up. No, like, he deserves credit, Keith, for calling him out and having him turn into otherworldly Matthews right after that. Like, he hasn't taken his foot off the gas since then. So, I don't know. I just thought I'd bring it up. It was a... But that is the tough part about how do you manage, you know, getting through to these guys that we need more... 
because I think it has felt at times like it doesn't matter what they do. At the end of the game, you're down one, and Keith looks at his bench and goes, Matthews is at 70% of his best tonight. That's still better than this guy can give me Matthews go, mm. where sometimes you just have to say, yeah, he's the best goal scorer in the world, but, you know, this guy's playing unbelievable. Matthews hasn't been good tonight. You know, let's give someone else a chance who's excited, motivated for that opportunity. Yeah. I know it's worked out fine in terms of two points, two points, two points, but it's setting a bad precedent for the team and expectations going into games. So you have to fight for points at the end of those games. Yeah. You also kind of... Will, oh, go ahead. Will be interesting to watch now yeah. if this is a Team B change and it's Kempf and it's Domi and it's going to be Yarn Kroc and whoever, or if the Stars at some point... Yeah. Who on occasion have turned the puck over. It's happened once or twice. <laughs> Looking back through the tape on the season, yes. All right, Nick Robertson, you mentioned him earlier. Uh, will be a healthy scratch again tomorrow night on Hockey Night in Canada. Uh, I think uh, from at least my perspective, uh, he's done a good job in, in, com- in terms of, of coming up. No, the numbers don't support it. Uh, but he, in my opinion, mm-hmm. has turned himself into somewhat of an asset again for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Even though he will miss his second consecutive game. I, I, I Yeah, I do. I do. I think... Uh, I mean, I, th- I think... 22 still. He is a guy that a few teams could use. I'm not saying contending teams because now we're into the conversation of of uh where would he fit on a contending team and we have a Toronto Maple Leaf scenario here where he can't get into the top six power plays are an absolute minimal and is he in a position to to score goals but there's got to be some teams right now that aren't competing that he can find a way to get into the lineup and see more power play time and possibly contribute 15 or 20 goals over the course of a, an entire season. I, I think yeah. that's possible. Yeah, like a, a team like Columbus or Chicago or a team that's sort of rebuilding and looking for a little help. Yeah. I could see him being an asset. You know, so you got to look at those teams if you're the Leafs and you're like, could we get like, you know, an older guy who's ready today? Can, is Boone Jenner want to get traded at some point? I don't know. That's... I, Literally That's where I think it up. is for the Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. is, and I again I don't know on his own what he could fetch, but I want this guy back, and I'm going to give you this plus this. And he's a plus asset. He's a plus. Yeah, which is nice. Really? Yeah, he's not for you. Uh, I I don't know. I guess maybe it's just on this team. It's the fit. Like maybe. you guys are like you guys are mentioning. Maybe a worse team. He gets more ice time. I just don't see it. I don't know. You, you about two weeks ago, you told me you, you think he can score. Yeah, you know, and I, I think he can play. Like I think he's fast. I thought he, I thought he didn't have a quick enough first step for a while. I thought you know he was getting run over constantly in his first year or two. Mm. I, you know, he doesn't get blown up nearly as much. Maybe once or twice all season. He seems to be able to gain some separation with the puck. I, I like his skill set, and this is just not the team for him where he's going to get the opportunities he needs to get better. Yeah. And we've seen uh, uh, McMahon and Holmberg step in in that, uh, that third slash line. Yeah, the Leafs score. The guys like that, go finish checks it, and forecheck and defend. They, they look better with Nick off Max Domi's line. 
they look bigger, they look heavier to me. Uh, the hit on uh, the Mitchikov, oh Mid- McMahon on Mitchikov, Mitchikov. Like, you're never getting that out of Nick Robertson. No. So that's that's more playoff type of hockey. And I can hear people going, the Leafs only scored two goals a game for seven straight games or whatever, and, and all I can see is Nick Robertson like turning one over or something and it ending up in your own net rather than creating one the other and way. He, he you does, know he can shoot it. He but. does turn the puck over. Yeah. I I don't want because he seems like a guy that cares a lot. He I don't wanna, loves hockey. And I don't want to kill him, but it just, I haven't seen. Game you know, for you. He isn't. And, like, he's had moments where he's come up and it's been this hot start and he's had, we shot it in the net and it's been exciting. And, like, oh, maybe this is the time it's going to stick. And then it always just goes away. Well, I always think of players where it I'm, like, fades away where you stop noticing them. And I'm, like, every time I think of him, I'm, like, what line? Where does he work? And it's, like, well, not quite there, not quite there, not quite there, not quite there. And it's a tough to find a spot. And there are guys who fit everywhere. You know, Tyler Bertuzzi, what line could you put him on? Whichever one you want. You know, he's a you, a multifaceted guy, and, and Robertson's not that. So, All right, er, earlier in the week, we, we talked about uh, the Willie Nylander contract. Uh, I think getting to a point where it's getting a lot closer at uh, no point, uh, at least from my perspective, that anything's imminent or been agreed to in terms of uh, a total package on a contract. Uh but yet, uh, Elliot Friedman yesterday in his 32 Thoughts had uh, a different perspective on it, which included Willie Nylander's dad, Michael. Hmm. Yeah. As a, you know, he didn't, Elliot didn't really say anything in that piece aside from he is a factor here. Yes. And I think the implied factor is He's a that, hindrance. Well, I think the implied factor is that Michael was a hard negotiator when he played. Yes. And uh, Elliot mentioned that Willie is a loyal son. Yes. And that perhaps the hard negotiating okay, so, is, yes. Uh, one plus two, hey, you got it, you got yes. it. Yeah, he'd, he'd like him to make more money. Yeah. Uh, I'm just adding up the advocates No, here, no, no, all. for sure. And, well, first of all, my, Michael's an agent, right? Working with his agent, Louis Gross. Right. So let's make that abundantly clear here. He's in a position where... Uh, it's just not the normal dad. He is a player agent. A player agent representing his son. So, of course, he's going to be a factor in it. I just, I think sometimes that part of it gets overplayed for me, at least from my perspective. Yeah. That the news flashes with this new generation, everybody's dad's involved. Everybody's got to say here more so that at any point and not, you know, this is not 25 years ago with my dad going, just still thinking I'm, I'm, I'm the yeah. richest man in the world because, you know, I'm in the NHL <laughs> getting minimum wage, yeah. right? This is a different world with dads and parents involved. Well, and it's, he, yeah. it's just, you know, and, uh, the Hughes brothers also have their dad involved with CAA. So that's not just a way to funnel money to your family rather than give it someone else. These these guys are actually involved. I can't answer that question. Maybe. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe they're real. Maybe they go to rinks. Maybe they talk to other kids. Well, the thing they're the, assets for the agent. For but sure. Th- there's no way like M- Michael Nylander even in his position, is not leading this charge. 
Louis Gross is the main agent. He's the guy that's running this. And Michael so can input is as actually as a player agent, like in, for Willie, like he's got some business investment here. Michael as an yeah. agent, yeah, yes. See, I thought it was just Lewis Gross. I'm no, okay, no. This is Michael. Too. Okay, but Lewis Gross is is leading this charge right. here, and this is still the kid's call when it's all said and done, and Dad can just say. And I and and Elliot made the point that he's loyal to his dad. Which okay, can you give me a father son NHL hockey dad that you aren't loyal to? So, so this is about Willie getting a number yeah. ultimately that he says I'm good with. You know, I, I just it, whatever that involvement is though. Like Willie is a 28 year old man, 27 year old man, mm-hmm. and they're offering him. 11 and a quarter million dollars. If if daddy thinks he should get another half a million dollars, he can't say to his dad, like, hey, I'm good. Uh, you know what? I appreciate your input. Thanks. I'm pretty content with this. It's a lot. Or, I'm, I'm going to go ahead with this. Or, or Willie can say, this is my number and hit yeah. it. And if you don't hit it, I'm leaving. Sure. I'm with you, dad. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I well, get we it. We are on the same page Why do number. I have to leave? A quarter of a million or half a million dollars less. Yeah. Why can't they just pay me what we think we're worth? Yeah. And even in the ballpark of. You don't know exactly the dynamic of does Willie need to be persuaded by his dad? You know, to your point, Sammy, he's 27 years old. He's been around the block now. He's had experience. He's not wet behind the ears. This is just the three of them now working together, and here's my number. Hit it. I mean, you guys are both parents. I'd I'd say if either of your your children are going to sign ninety million dollar contracts, you'd probably be a little bit involved. See, but I I don't think I'd be involved saying get ninety three. Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't mean, think I would. Yeah, but you're not Michael Nylander, no, I guess. But you, I, know. I, you know what I mean? Like I yeah, understand I'd be involved he, and listening, and I understand that he's involved. Yeah. But I really do hope, like, 11-2-5, it's like, that's a pretty good contract. This is worse for them than the extra money. It it does make you, like, not business savvy. For sure. It makes you, like, I don't want you representing me on my next contract. Terrible at it. Horrible. Yes. You're fired. Not my career. (laughs) You're right. You're 100% right. So. But but is this not worse for them? What we're doing right here? Is this not worse? Like. You know, then saying, ah, we didn't max out every nickel. Instead, people have to know, you know, the inner workings of the relationship. Give Austin Matthews credit, whatever you think about, he could have got this or he should have signed for this, whatever. Two contracts with the Leafs, just signed him and it was over. You know, like we haven't had to do, yeah, and, I don't know anything about it. And, and the Leafs hit his number too. Sure. On, on, and he, not only did they hit his number, he got to dictate the term. He got to say yeah, but five years and four years. It's a different story between Matthews and Nylander. Well, what's the difference? But like, is that Matthews is but much better at hockey. I have no opinions on Poppy's dad, on Papa Poppy. Yeah. Other than the other fact than that he, he likes to have a cocktail <laughs> yeah. and watch his son. Like, likes to you shoot know? guns. <laughs> you know, that's all I know. And that's great. That's great. I, you know, part of kids getting to the NHL now is your parents have to be really invested, right? Like they have to, from the beginning, 
have you in camps and taking you here and whatever. So parents right. are they're, they're agents already. Yeah, they're your agents parents are by, super when involved they were, more than ever. I get the, it. the first time you you laced up skates, they were your agent. Yeah, I get that. I do, but it's it's really gotten to the point where like, okay, some point they're grown ups here. All right, we're gonna take a quick break here, and we come combo, back. Boys. <laughs> we'll get Doug McLean. Oh, yeah, great. Former general manager, president, author, does it all. And he does it all for us on Fridays on Off the Rails. Doug McLean, after the break. As promised for the break, my favorite part of the week. I got to be honest with you because I can just sit and relax and just, you can it's, go on forever. It's a great part. And I don't of even care what he says. I just get a break. <laughs> Let's welcome him in off of the last two rounds. Can you believe like one of the best selling authors in the history of, of books? I know. Uh, found time to golf and break 80, I think, twice in the last week and a half, two weeks. Wow, we have George R.R. R. Martin. Let's welcome him in, Doug McLean. Oh no, Guys. no! I, I for those of you that aren't watching uh, the show on on uh, many platforms on Sportsnet, he's lined up three books in the background. One of them, of course, is Draft Day. But what are those other two go- books? What are they? It's called the Golf Book, and the other is the Golfer's Excuse Handbook. <laughs> And I have, I'm going to discard the golfer's uh, hand, uh, excuse handbook after the show because I don't need it anymore. So listen, I've got some great stats. <laughs> All right. One, there's one in 11 million chances you could be in a plane crash in your life. One in 11 million. One in 11 trillion chances that you will break 80 at golf. No way. (laughs) In your lifetime. And I broke it twice this week. So what's that tell you? I don't need the excuse. The golf book is one of the greatest publications, and I've been studying it, to be quite honest, because I had to work on my putting. Can we just set the record straight? No way. (laughs) It's it's one in 11 trillion that you would break (laughs) 80. That the... That the average golfer would. So, but but here's and here's the other problem. Uh, I just got. I was just notified that in the year 2023, Draft Day is the biggest selling sports book in Canada, and we're only out for three months of 23. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, I'm not going to push the book anymore because it's selling like crazy. I was just told him to go ran out Barnes and Noble. I, so I'm not going to push it anymore. But I want to go back to talking PEI real estate here in the next few shows. So anyway, other than that, uh, let's talk hockey. You know, I was going to start uh, with the topic of accountability, but we don't hold you accountable. <laughs> How are we going to have a conversation We're on need it? You to sit down for a week, Doug. <laughs> right? Because oh Sheldon, was- Sheldon's on this uh, big kick on accountability this past week, Mac, and uh, you know. How we how um, as Justin wrote in, in Sportsnet.ca, how easy is that uh, when you're going through your entire lineup? Accountability. I, my first year in the NHL was 1987, and I remember Ron Caron 
the general manager of the St. Louis Blues talking to Jacques Martin and I about accountability. We got to make them accountable. <laughs> Every time somebody gets fired, they've got to make the new guys got to make them accountable. And then when he gets fired, he wasn't making them accountable. But now everybody's accountable. Oh, like I'm serious. <laughs> like enough already. Just talk to your players. Tell them the way it's got to be. Forget the BS about accountability. Okay, let's just let's just deal with facts. Yeah, be tough on them. Be fair with them. Be hard on them. Give them the right way to play. Teach them the right way to play. But cut out all the BS on accountability. Seriously, I'm okay. sick of the word. All right, but if 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 you need to send a message and sometimes it doesn't get through and you still got some of your better players cheating or breaking out of the zone uh, before the puck comes out, you've always got that ability to to bench them do you not i mean have you have you how many stars have you benched over your career and how easy was it or hard it's well you know we've talked about benching players before and i look i'm all for i'll never forget steve eisenman in detroit and i've told you this story many times you if he missed one power play if he doesn't go out on the first shift of the power play or he misses one power play because you decide you're not going to play. That's like him sitting out a game. The stars don't have to be benched. They have to have a little bit of ice taken away from them when it's critical in a game, when it's a power play, when it's a key time of the game. If you're pissed off at them, take a little bit of ice time away from them. They get the same message as X player gets when he's told he's benched. So I'm not going for it. I'm not, I, you know, I, I, I don't buy it. But let me tell you about accountability why the Leafs better be accountable and why they better play the right way, which I guess is another word for accountability, is they're going to play in all likelihood the Florida Panthers in the first round of the playoffs. Ooh, we're sure. at the 40-game mark. Them and Florida are 2-3. I'm not sure it's going to change, guys. And if they play the Florida Panthers in the first round of the playoffs, accountability? Are you kidding me? I hate to use this word because sports that may bar me from going on here, but it's going to be a war on the ice. I know you got to be, you know, it, it, it has to be safe. I, I get all that. <laughs> but, but this is not going to be safe to play out there. Okay. So tell Oh, I'm looking Myers, forward to it already. I say it's not going to be safe in this situation when they play the Florida Panthers, who by the way, are playing great hockey right now. And there is, it seems to be accountability. Does that come from Maurice? Or is that coming from the veterans on the team? Where does accountability mm. really come from? Let's talk about the players making. Let's talk about Ottawa. You want to talk about accountability? What is anyway? You're the guy. You're the host. You have to bring up the topics. I'm jumping. The no, gun. no, no. So I, I wanted to. I wanted to get the golf in because I think it was really important. Very. And uh, you know, I, I thought my game plateaued, but it it it, it just it's a great message to send to players. It doesn't matter what age you are, you can really perfect your game. <laughs> <laughs> so then, you know, my thoughts are just like, I would say the most important trait from a coach is authenticity. That they are who they are. You know, Tortorella is who he is, and so is Rick Tockett and Craig Berube. You know what you're getting from these guys. Sheldon Key for four years, has coached a certain way. Can you then say, now we're the auth- accountability club and change the way you have run operations and have the guys buy in. You you are what you are, and 
I'll tell you the one thing players know. They know when the coach isn't being real. Yeah. They, 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 they chuckle. Like, Kippy, you talk about what it was like in the dressing room. Like you with the scarf wrapped around your neck mocking Mike Keenan. You know yes, what I mean? this is true. Listen, the, the <laughs> well, players, Mike was present or the, no? Right behind me. <laughs> he caught him. But that's what happens. They, you, the players know what the coach is really like. So you're right, J, uh, J, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> JB, JB. You know, JB, you're right, JB. You're right on that, yeah. 100%. And and you can't, you're, there's no changing. Like, yeah. they know what DJ was in Ottawa. They know already what Jock is in Ottawa. And they know what Sheldon is, you know. And talk, talk has been the same. Talk hasn't changed since he was a player. So, you know, I... I don't fake it, because if you're a fake, they read it so fast, it's scary. And then they have a great time when they go out for a beer after, because they're all making fun of you. Mac, as you know, you come to our show to get entertained. Every once in a while, there's a little bit of information. Earlier this week, I, I, we talked I about... Can't get your, I can't get your show down. <laughs> well, that's all right. I'll tell you all about it. Uh, Willie Nylander, we talked uh, oh. midweek about... Uh, Eight-year deal, north of $11 million. You know what? I got to tell you, I did see that, and I watched and listened to it when you broke the story, and I was really proud of you because you, as an insider, you've sort of slipped in, in no, recent I'd years. No, like I'm retired. I'm <laughs> retired. You're like some you're like some of the players that when they're play slippy, they're slippage. You, you slipped on the insider stuff, and I was really, <laughs> I was really blown away with that. You came across strong. Thank you. Articulate. All right. But what? But what bothers me is everybody in hockey, the LeBruns and the Johnsons. And oh the, yeah. Okay. All, all right. these. Bu- bu- all bu- our bu- friends, bu- Mac. All they, our friends. They forgot. They forgot your name when they're writing about him. The only guy that gave you any credit was Howard Berger. <laughs> so you know what? <laughs> so, Mac. I mean, you broke the biggest story of the hockey. Mac. Year. Stop the it. Biggest story of the hockey year. You broke it. We're all in this together. So hey, no, we're not. So no, tell me not. something. Don't ever hold don't on. Ever tell me that. <laughs> uh, this summer, if I told you that Willie Nylander was going to sign minimal eighty-eight, ninety, maybe more for eight years, you would have said that's the craziest thing you ever heard of, right? Not I, so much I, now. I definitely would have said it, it. it's the craziest thing that I would have ever heard. Yeah, for sure. The guy has, and I've talked about it for five years, that he's the one piece they can trade for, for the defenseman they're going to need to play against Florida. You know, a real defenseman, if, if they can even get the right guy for him. And he's, but he has been so damn good. It's been unbelievable. He has been, he's been so dynamic off the rush. He's so dynamic at making big plays at big times in the game. He's been that good, guys, by far. Well, Matthews has been real good, too. Matthews has been just terrific to watch, too. And I love the even Morgan Riley. I love what he's brought to the table. But look, uh, it comes back to the same thing. Give them the $11 million. They've got no choice. Tree living is no choice but to pay him because they've got to keep him. The problem is how do you build the winner? How do you build a winner when you got to go against a deep team like Florida now, or you've got to move on in the playoffs if they beat them, it's really tough, boys, to build a team, especially with the back end the way their back end is 
and with their goaltending as a youngster in goal. Wall, who's been terrific. I love him. I love what he's brought to the table, but he's a kid going against Bobrovsky in the playoffs in all likelihood. That's 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 a little nerve-wracking. So give them the 11 million. They got no choice. Tavares leaves eventually, but how do you build a winner? I I I I, I can't figure it out. Well, you know, even looking at the rest of this year in terms of what they would need to add, you know, are they better off trying to add some of what Florida has, some of that grit, or do you want to go the other way and not play Florida's game and try to, you know, they didn't score enough in playoffs last year? What are you looking for the Leafs to do here in the months months ahead? Well, you know, we keep hearing Tanif, Tanif's name, Tanif's name. I mean, is that is that going to happen? I mean, that type of guy would be a plus. What is Tanif now, a number three, four guy? I mean, does that help them? The price is going to be exorbitant for that. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have a guy that's a better skater, maybe, than Tanif. I mean, you know, I know Hannafin's there, too. I, I really think they desperately have to add a, a couple of blue liners uh, and, not, and not average, below average guys. You know, they've got to, they've got to be better there. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. You say they're better off not to play Florida's game. Do you think for a minute that Florida's not going to drag them into that game? Do you not think whoever plays the Leafs in the first round is going to do everything in their power to drag them into that street fight? Sorry, Jen. Uh, they're going to drag them into a street fight. I'm telling you. Yeah. Mac. Uh, and that's the way they got to coach against them. I think it's safe to say that we were all impressed with that, that total 60-minute game in California, uh, in L.A., versus the Kings. If, if they can master that type of style of play throughout their roster, does that in itself help them against a team like Florida? Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a great game by the Leafs. Was that maybe one of the, the best 60-minute efforts you've seen from that hockey team in, in a long yes. time where they did everything playoff style and you know what you're going in against LA who have been really good at times not as good lately but really a good solid team really strong down the middle with their star power there and their checking ability I I was I thought it was really impressive and even the Anaheim game I mean they dominated they dominated so two really good performances you know on the west coast and I mean that that's unfortunately that's the way they've got to play and it's it's uncomfortable to play like that, guys. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, Kip, I don't know if you want to keep it on the Leafs. Do you mind if I take it somewhere Anywhere, else here? Buddy. Mac, I got to get your thoughts on Ryan Hartman and Cole Perfetti and what happened there. It obviously became a hot-button issue up here in Canada. Are you in Canada? Probably not, right? You're in Florida. Big deal in Canada right now, that play. Just a minute. Uh, no, I see the ocean and there's no ice on it. <laughs> it's in PEI, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I I don't like I don't like when uh, when you've you've got you know a targeted situation. I, I don't like that. I don't know if that really happened or what it happens, but I know I know this is the National Hockey League, and. I, I re, I'll never forget Chuck Fletcher coming down. He was assistant GM in in, uh, in Florida when I was coaching. And he come down after the game. And he said, we just lost 2-1 to New Jersey, Jacques Demers, New Jersey Devils. We lost 2-1 in a hard-fought battle, vicious game. And I remember, forget Chuck, Chuck coming into the coaches room and saying to Lindy and I and Dwayne Sutter, 
wasn't any emotion or any intensity out there tonight. And I looked at him and I was like, I wanted to punch him in the head. <laughs> I thought, are you kidding me? It was a war down there. It was a war. It was vicious. It was a hard-fought game. When you're on the bench and you're in the fight, it's a lot different than being in the press box or watching on TV. It's a tough, tough game out there. And things happen. It, it Things happen. And, yeah, lots of things you're not happy about, but things happen in the heat of the battle, especially as you move into the, the second part of the season and then the playoffs, it goes to another level. It, it It's – look, at guys are playing for their careers. People forget. Making the NHL is really, really unbelievably tough. Mm -hmm. And I admire anybody that makes the NHL. But staying in the NHL is even tougher, boys. So It's even tougher. Uh, and you've got to do what it takes to stay there. Just to follow up your, your, just your last comments about how, how things happen, and usually it was a mystery sometimes to the viewer that they didn't know the reasons why. But now we right. mic guys up or we have cameras following them and they know and they don't like it. And as a general manager, a president, I mean, where are you on micing the guys up so they know exactly what's said or done or the reasons why? Is that selling our I'll game or is it hurting our I'll game? Ne I'll never forget. I was sitting there. I'm not sure it was a GM's meeting or a board of governors meeting and, and Gary... Batman was trying to sell us on getting the players more involved with the media, like miking them up and interviews on the bench. And he was showing us clips of the F1, the, the, the race car drivers that are driving at up 300 miles an hour and they're talking on their while they're driving. He said, Gary he said, if they can do it, we can do it, can't we? And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what do we got going on here? Like, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I give up. We're pretty much there now, up. aren't we? Oh, no, we're, we're race car drivers, and we've got a touch of Barbie and Ken with us as well. You know, it's, it's like crazy. Anyway. All right. Uh, one last thought. I got to get your thoughts on Ottawa because there was so much – New owner, a billionaire owner is going to come in. He's going to change everything. Uh, Jacques Martin's in there. He's going to change everything. Uh, no, everything kind of looks the same here in Ottawa. Yeah, everything. It, it's sad. It, it's really hard to hard to watch. And, and I really had them. And we had talked about a team taking a big step. And I really believe they would. And you know, Nick, we spent a lot of time talking about Ottawa this summer. And you know what? I, I look at them and I'm looking, okay, Stutzel, not anywhere close to where he was, guys. This guy looked to me like he's going to be a superstar. You got Kachuk, not paying any attention in his own end, like playing a loose game. And, you know, I, 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 I look at Norris, supposed to be a star, not playing anywhere close to where he's supposed to play. And I know their Pinto was a loss and they're, they're down the middle. Shabbat has not been a very good. Chikrin has not been very good. Their goaltending has been abysmal. There's something awry here. Is it? Is there no trust in the room? And now all of a sudden, here, here's where it really starts to break down. When you start reading in the paper that you're, there, we're going to go after the core of this team, we have to change the core of this team. What do you think that happens to the players in the dressing room when that starts to be the number one discussion point? And they're going to have to change the core, by the way. There's going to have to be some changes. Wow. Any, anyone off the top that you would uh, think would be expendable? 
Well, Shabbat to me is a guy that you, you've you've got to move for me. I, I he hasn't played a playoff game in what seven eight years. He's played in the NHL. Hold on, money money wise, keep, he's got to be a guy. Keep Chikrin, keep Chikrin, resign Chikrin, get rid of Shabbat. Is your suggestion? I may consider moving both of them. Ooh. Uh, Chick, I, I like I like Chikrin as a kid. I like, him, but I he just hasn't. He hasn't played very well there, guys. He has not played very well. And, I, you know, their goaltending is a major issue. Every goaltender that leaves Ottawa becomes a good goalie in the league or a pretty good goalie in the league. But when you're in Ottawa, you're, they're shooting balloons through you. Like, I mean, they have, they have, they've been terrible. They've been terrible. I'm sorry. So there's a lot of work to do there. And you know what? Um, I hope. I, I happen to like Steve Stales. I like Davey Poulin, and I, I love Jock. I but something's got to give here, boys. It's not pretty. All right. Well, we'll let you go. God, uh, I'm, shoot another. God, I'm glad. God, I'm glad you didn't get the team. I don't have to worry about it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and leave all of this. I Are know, you kidding me, I Mac? I would never do that. Hey, thanks for doing this. Uh, congrats on your. Um, 79, 80. All right, pal. Off the rails with Doug McClay. Thanks, Mac. All right. Thanks. Great finish to the first hour, and we're going to come back. Head coach of the Edmonton Oilers live. He was this close to giving us the uh, you want me on that wall, you need me on that wall speech during that uh, clip. Real Kipper and Bourne after the break.